Baseball season's winding down, and it's time to see what the Nationals can do in the playoffs. The Cubs come to D.C. next Friday. Welcome to the DMV Sports Roundtable with George Wallace, Chris Chion, Jamal Bowens, and our very special guest, the boss man here at WTOP. He runs the whole operation, Mike McMurdy, big Nats fan as well. So we're glad to have you in, Mike. My thought was uh, Bryce is back, but it looks like there's a lot of cobwebs, too. So uh, I, I was tempted to say Nats in five. Maybe not so much now. I'm, am I being too negative? Uh, yeah, that's going to be Nats in four. <laughs> oh, in okay. four, okay. <laughs> I like that better. He's got. It looks like he's got a few cobwebs, and timing is always an issue. And you know, he's he's not going to have the benefit of too many games. But uh, the time off in between the end of the regular season and the beginning of the playoffs, I think, will be can only help him. And uh, you know, you can work out some of those timing issues and batting and you know, live pitching, but nothing like a game. And uh, I think Dusty's doing a good thing by bringing him back slow. The thing about the time that the, the the plate stuff, I'm not worried about the stuff he was doing in the outfield, chasing the ball down the corner, going first to third, things like that. I think are more beneficial for him right now. The timing will come. Oh, that'll come back. I mean, he's been gone for a long time, and I think him being out also, I'm not sure is Robles going to be up. I would take during, him. I don't during, know if Dusty's going to take him. That's the big question. Yeah, right now. Dusty's a veteran guy. I don't because know because if he is. Then him getting his playing time while Bryce was out is beneficial for him as well. Yep. So, you know, to give the young man with that much talent, because I've, I've been impressed. I don't know about you guys, but I've been impressed by what I've seen from him so far. <laughs> Absolutely. And looking forward to him. And if he's able to play in the postseason, I think Dusty might be crafty enough to keep him around, you know, just in case, because they like to, I mean, their bench is loaded. You know, when you've got, he's got uh, tough decisions to make. Oh, he's got a lot of and tough decisions. And he's to make. got other decisions to make, too. With veteran guys against good pitching in the Cubs, yeah. Let's be honest, Michael. Jason yeah. Worth has not been hitting. Jason Worth has not been himself. I love since he's Jason, come back. But you oh, know, wow. Adam Lynn is their best left-handed hitter right now. Are you going to sit him against some of these pitchers in the in the know? month of September? Jason Worth is batting just over one hundred, and um, yes, no bueno. Not, not at all. Yeah, he's, but it's the postseason. I think Dusty's going to go with him because these could be his last games in a Nats uniform. Too. I mean, Worth has he has so much playoff experience. I know, and, and he and takes he's one of those he veterans. works pitches. To, he'll he'll make a pitcher throw yeah. ten pitches in a bat. Too. He'll he'll take a long at bat. He's been playing so long, has so much experience that he's one of those guys. He might be slumping now, but when those lights come on in the postseason, he gets into that mode. He'll flip that switch because he's been there so long. I would I would err on the side of. I would go with the vet. I mean, Lynn is. I mean, he'll still be coming off. Oh, he's the bench, on. He's going to make the roster. Yeah. I would definitely. I would not. You know, sit worth because a veteran like that, he's clutch, and you've seen he he makes clutch hits, especially in the postseason. I'd sit him and I'd, uh. I'd put two in them. I'd, I'd I'd put in. You the, would sit I'd, worth I'd, game I'd, one. I put worth up anytime you got a left hander on the mound, even mm-hmm. late in the game, bring him in. Uh, and I'd I'd let Lynn bat yeah, against the right. You would as as a veteran guy. And what worth son? Would you risk losing the clubhouse if you sit Jason yeah. Worth game one of the playoffs? That's that's the problem. Yeah, See, that's, and, that's and like sitting Zimmerman. And Dusty's that way. He, he's going to go with his. I veterans. think he's going to go with his he, veterans. He's trust, but yeah. I think he should be a little bit more judicious, for lack of a better word, of, of when he depl- you know, that how he uses sense. Lind and Worth interchangeably. Yeah, I, I could see that working. I could see that working. But I would, I would definitely start 
with Worth. I think you start some game yeah. one and then you kind of go and kind of go from there yeah. and see what you get. In a short series, those those you know best out of five, man. You yeah. don't have time to warm up. No, you have no. this. We've seen it so often. No, they got to hit the ground running. So Mr. McMurdy put his money on the table and said Nats in four. What what did the rest of you guys think? We didn't think yet. Mm. Too early. <laughs> I, I really have. <laughs> I mean, I. I to put a number on it, I don't know. I, of course, I got them advancing. And, and of course, means... I have them advancing. I kind of, <laughs> you know, give, I, might, I might give the Cubs one. I'm kind of with our uh, digital sports editor Noah Frank. I think if it goes five, the Nats aren't winning a fifth game. I just don't. I, I kind really? of agree with him on that. If they win it, I think they win before that. I'm sticking with the four, and uh, you know, it, it's, it's happened too many times. They got too much experience. I'm just hoping all that experience is going to get them looser than they have yeah. been in the past. They got the talent. The best record doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It never has for them in the past. They've had all that stuff. And uh, I, I like this collection of, of players, and I like what they did with the bullpen. That's really what made the difference and will make the difference, I think, in the postseason. Does it go too far to say that uh, whoever wins this series goes on to the World Series? Or am I getting I ahead will. of myself? You, you yeah. got to go through the Dodgers, and uh, I, I don't think the Dodgers are. Not that I bring a ton of expertise, but I don't think the Dodgers are anything special. I'm this not year. scared of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm just—it's a quality team to go through. You know, you can't say that the winner of this just runs through everything else. Um, I would say they will have a good chance. I mean, I think we can beat anybody. You know, first of all, but you know, I don't think we run through. We don't have enough. We haven't made it that far enough times to even have this sort of cachet to say that. So we'll be happy to get past this point. Now we got another hurdle. You know, this is unlike not unlike the Caps. We're at that threshold with this team where as the window was not closing because we got a lot of young talent. But we're at the point where, OK, you've got to get over this hump now. Because I, I see a scenario where Arizona wins the wild card game and yeah. beats the Dodgers. The Dodgers have a losing record okay. to the Rockies, to the Diamondbacks. I can't remember what the and and we broke even with them, but uh, those those teams have their number, yeah. uh, or they at least beat them in the season series. So the Dodgers yeah, got a little a to worry team. about. We could be hosting. Uh, don't want to get ahead of anything, but we could be hosting the NLCS. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I share with Mike's optimism, but I'm I'm. I'm still cautious because we we've been burnt by like you know we've been burnt like this before, so I'm just like with the Caps. I show cautious opt- optimism. And we have a great regular season and we get into postseason, and I just you know watch the game, cross my fingers and hope for the best. After this round, very cautious, mm-hmm. very cautious. But I think with Bryce coming back, this first series he'll get the he'll shake the rust off and he'll get back to you know, where he was before. And I think once we do get to the next round, he should be in midseason form and, you know, ready to go. So Dusty uh, managed the Cubs at one time, but it, it was so long ago, that's just a talking yeah, point, I, right? I that's a storyline. Doesn't really no, I don't think he has, play into who's got the advantage or anything. No, I don't think he has any uh, relationship with any players or, you know, anything with this particular team. But, I mean, they are the defending champs. And, you know, you're the champ until you lose. You talked about Noah and uh, all his predictions. He's such a, a, a stat geek. And yep. He gets so buried in, in, in baseballreference.com, which is one of the greatest websites. <laughs> Rabbit holes to uh, jump into. Yeah. But he made he made a great point talking about uh, Dusty and his, his awful record 
in big games. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I, I think I, I love the guy to death, and, and he, he goes with his gut a lot, and maybe not as much by the stat sheet and, yeah. and all that stuff. And I don't know if there's, you know, it's, it's some outrageous record, like he's 1-7 in seven in big deciding games. But uh, I just, I, I mean, that's that's why I don't like hanging out with Noah very much. He <laughs> points out stuff I don't, I don't want to hear. You don't want to look at that. <laughs> yeah. Four or five games, victory, and... The scenario where Arizona beats uh, the Dodgers yeah. is, is a very likely one. And uh, that'll be a tough series against Arizona. Yeah. And there's two tough teams with better records yeah. sitting over in the American League, you know, waiting to host. I'm glad they took that all-star fiasco off the table and, and made it just your best record. But I, I, you know, every year, I mean, when I do the NCAA pools, the Terps win the, you know, national championship every year. And I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, no apologies for I, that. I, I mean, that's how, goes. that's how it goes. I mean, I, I feel the same way. I mean, it's, I want to say this is the year, but I feel like that every year. But this year, it, it feels, I don't know, something, it feels different. It does. It feels a little different. I think they, they've got, They've got the pitching, first of all. You you always have that, but I have way more confidence in the bullpen right now than I did maybe almost any other any other year. I think they've done a great job in bringing Doolittle and, and those other guys in, and I think that I feel very confident that we can close games and not blow games like we've done in the past. I feel much more confident uh, with this bullpen that I have in the past. Yeah, that was the missing ingredient. Once yes. they took care, because how many games did they lose early on in the season because the bullpen yeah. blew a late late inning lead? Bullpen and middle relievers. That was a, that's been an issue for a couple of seasons. Actually, you know, they would have you know a closer, but the middle relievers it would get shaky, and then you know the closer would have to, to clean up a whole lot. But they've they've done a good job of just the rotation looks good, and these you know they can hit. I mean, they can have big innings at the drop of a dime. You know, this team can hit with anybody. They can put together one of the most stacked lineups when everybody's healthy in the major league. So offense is not a problem. As long as we got the pitching, they can beat anybody. Yeah, I think they'd have the best record in baseball if it weren't for that shaky bullpen at the beginning of the season. I agree. All right, best of luck to uh, the Nats. And, boy, you can't ask for a better special guest than Mike McMurray. It's like uh, the guy who signs all of our paychecks. He's probably probably wondering why it's the first time he's been in here, but we won't. (laughs) Look, we've been trying to get him in here every week. Let's just make that clear. First of many. Uh, Let's move on to some college football because the – Maryland Terrapins have this uh, rotating roster of quarterbacks. Not because they play want quarterback. It. Can I, you play quarterback, I, Dimitri? I, I can. I can throw the ball. You a can little sling bit, it. Tell yeah. you what, I was there last week, and that was as uh, soon as Kazim went down. I was like, oh Jesus! Yeah, it look I knew. Good. I knew the other dude. I mean, I see he came in uh, when I went to the Towson game, uh, the opener, home opener, and he came in. You know, in 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 garbage time because they had put up about sixty points by then. So, you know, it, it's okay. You know, he dinks and dunks and, and whatever. The problem I had is this, and I'll say this. I'll preface it by saying this. I like DJ Durkin as a coach. I love what he's done with the program so far, especially with recruiting. But when you have your third-string quarterback in that early in a game and you have all of these running backs, Ty Johnson and Harrison, you've all these in such a potent running game, he did not run the ball like I expected him to. Even if you do a quick hitches to try to get DJ Moore in space, he did none of that. He didn't. I don't think he helped that boy out the way that he should have. 
I don't know what you thought about that, Jules, but that's from what I could see. I don't think he helped his quarterback the way that he could. I could agree with that. At that point, you had to make him comfortable because you're yeah. still a one-score game, I think it was, right? Yeah, and, and, and it was still plenty of time. Yeah, I mean, and he went the down issue early. I have is I get it. The air goes out of the balloon when he goes down because it's the second time in three weeks. But the yeah. defense, they couldn't stop him. at that. I mean, your yeah. defense still has to, to – you still have to play yeah. and give I mean, your offense a chance. And, and I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to take anything away from UCF. You know, they are – they are a decent program, you know. They're 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 and no. They had slouch. some time off from the hurricane too, so they were ready. Yeah, they, they were, were fresh and they were they yeah. were they were raring to to play and, and finally get on the field. So you know, I give them that also. But they are you know they are a decent uh, team. So you know they're no slouches, but still, I, I from what I have seen from this Maryland team before, that was just that kind of took the air out of my sails a little bit. Yeah, I mean, because I, I, when you have now, I don't know how long is. I don't know how long is uh, Kasim out. He's that da- he's done. He's Torn done. ACL. Oh Lord, Jesus. two quarterbacks in three weeks. Wow, yeah. that team snake bit. I think it's the fourth year in a row or four to five that Do they've used at least three the year, quarterbacks. Uh, they went through Etzel. We went through what four or five quarterbacks. Yeah, linebacker ended up with playing. a linebacker yeah. playing quarterback at the end of the year. Yeah. I thought that was the worst thing that I. This, this is looks tough like because it's on the way to that point. And I had thought maybe you know Pigram would end up playing a new position next yeah. year. Because Hill was the real was, deal, was and he still may be. I mean, he's still he's only a true freshman. I mean, yeah. but you know, it's just unfortunate. And because they were, you know, that was a huge win in Texas. That's it's what just, I was just about to say. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate a, now because you're going to be struggling to get six wins. Exactly. And I don't know where it's going to come from. I don't either yeah. because you've got they got to go to the horseshoe in what two weeks, a couple weeks yeah. to play Ohio State. The seventh, that's next week. Yeah, yeah, next week yeah. you've got uh, we got Minnesota this week's unbeaten, and then oh Ohio gee. State in the Northwestern comes here. Then you've got you've got I think Indiana's after that. Yeah, then it's you've tough. got games against Michigan, Penn State, Penn State. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if Michigan State's on the uh, on the schedule or not, but just remember. the fact that you have to play Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. Oh, that's, Wisconsin's on the road, Wisconsin, too. Yeah, Number 10 rough. in the nation. That's rough. Michigan State is at Michigan State, and then they close out yeah, against Penn I don't, State. This is not, not going to end up well. And it's I don't a, want it's a that shame. That Penn State game is going to be so annoying. Can I be correct here? I just don't. <laughs> I, you look, as a, as a Terp myself, yeah. and this is just between us, right? I'm not, I can't stand. That's going to be awful, a Penn State fans. What is, what is Maryland's record? Two and one. Two and one. So, despite all the, uh, no, I mean, it's, 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 it's a huge, huge win at Texas. I mean, but those was, are, those are huge blows at, at, at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're necessarily throwing the ball all over the place, but you know, you they did have some sort of a competent passing game. You Don't know, forget, there Rutgers is in there. Rutgers at Yankee Stadium. That may be a. You could you get Rutgers. Well, you know, hopefully the kid gets some experience. He gets comfortable. Gordon Slogger, yeah. Yeah, but I, I called him Gold Slogger. Well, hey, <laughs> we need some of it, right? After that. But, you know, if he gets comfortable, some of those games, like I thought they could beat Northwestern and Indiana and Rutgers. But now it's looking like that signature win against Texas now kind of goes to waste. Yeah. Because if you have your – Pegram, or even if you have Hill, as talented as he is, I had confidence that over the course of the season, they wouldn't have that much of a problem getting the six wins and being bowl eligible, and then they can get to a better bowl because of their signature win against Texas. Now it's kind of gone to waste. I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't know. I don't want to be that pessimistic about the kid because he could be, you know, very talented. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just going by what I've seen so far. And they'll have some time. I mean, no, they already had their bye, but they'll have. Yeah, I mean, he's he got thrown in there, you know, so hopefully, 
you know, he'll have time to game plan, but they well, got yeah, some you real. Yeah, you have a full week as. Yeah, but you got some real tough games when you get into. This is not what you want getting into Big Ten play. No, and here's the thing: before the year, I mean, let's be honest, how much, how many reps did he really get? Because he was a third. He was third string. Yeah. So I mean, probably spring ball. Right. It was probably, it was probably when he got the most work. He was getting Nate Sudfeld reps. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's no longer on Wait, the team. Wait, is he still with the Philly practice squad? As far as I know. Yeah. They kept him. Yeah. Keep an eye on Nate. He'll he'll reemerge. Listen. Yeah. Oh Lord. Go, go don't stop with it. Go ahead. What's he gonna say? <laughs> I wasn't gonna say a word. Uh, you gonna say, I know that that's your that's your boy right there. I know you're gonna say something <laughs> about Seth. You, you guys are about to take us headlong into <laughs> a Redskins discussion. Sets. Listen, uh, I have no problem with Suds, okay? No problem with Suds. I have no problem now that he's on somebody else's uh, <laughs> roster. Well, let, I'm good with him over there. He can stay there. Well, they don't. They play the Redskins again October 23rd, and so right. after that. But then again, oh, they, that's going to be a win, though. I'm, I'm. That's that's a win. They usually split, split with, for split with win for us. Yeah, that's, I think a, that's a win for us. Monday night on the road. Are you going? No, no, well, I'm see, not going. By then, you know, we would be. We're vets. We'll be vets to primetime games by then. Yeah, they got you one know, this week. And two tough ones. <laughs> yeah. Two tough ones. Well, listen, uh, you guys, you guys took us there. Yeah, uh, let's let's go ahead and get into. I mean, what a, what an amazing uh, win at FedEx! Those uh, uh, costumed Raiders fans that Big Chi and I saw. They, that's they, really they, what I want to talk about here. Forget the game. I want to know if Dimitri <laughs> and Chion were wearing costumes. No, no, we, we Raider costumes. There was a guy two rows behind me. He didn't have the face paint, but he had the the, the skull, oh. the skull shoulder pads, like a skull on yeah. each shoulder and the chains and everything. And uh, as soon as we got in to get our our beer and hot dogs. You could just hear through the concourses. Raiders. It was. I was over and over, just constantly. See, now, that I, now that I know that, it makes me feel much better the way we went off there and whooped them. Listen, because they probably got real quiet. People ask me, you know, what's your favorite play? And there's so many to choose from. But that first interception, yeah. that's that's really what set the precedent. Second play so. of the game. Monte I have to say, Nicholson, he's going to be special. I was very impressed with. So I had some friends out tailgating, so I had time, so I ran outside. I was right outside the entrance. I did not partake I in the tailgating. I love how you mix business with pleasure. I did not partake in the tailgating. They tried to offer me everything under the sun, but I said, no. I'm. Yeah, but anyway, I was, I mean, I thought I was at the Oakland Coliseum in the yeah, parking lot. No doubt. And it was, I was impressed with the costumes. I mean, the spikes. I mean, the guy, everybody, right. the guy's taking pictures with everybody that walked by. Redskin fans, Raider fans, yeah. everything. And, and, the, and the capes and everything. They, right. yeah, they, I saw a guy with the... looking like uh, the road warriors out there. Right. I mean, they were trying to turn it and into I the black it. hole. And I get They've been waiting right? 12 years or whatever it is to come here. And yeah. now that they're good, they all come out of the woodwork. That's yeah. fine. But I was impressed with the... And I thought I had seen more visiting fans than ever before in that Philly game, the opener. But the right. other night was something else. Yeah. But, then it got but quiet. The, but the, that, the oh, fact yeah. is, uh, you know... See, that's the fact. We don't... We do, They'll come in here and they'll take over FedEx, but we don't ever shut them up. This but time we shut them up. Dimitri did. This time we shut them up. We, we did. Didn't I mean, fight was, any, you didn't fight anybody, did you? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was quick, though. And, and, and there was one point, maybe in the third quarter there was a little lull in the yeah. skins game you yeah. know they, they got the ball back they gave, gave one away and then you heard that one more time that Raiders but that was the end of it yeah but, I want to ask well you they this. got a short the one the the Crowder muffed punt and then yeah. the yeah. um P Ryan fumble and they had the short field after the P Ryan fumble though I think it was I don't know where this was stuck three scores. The did he injure his hand on that play yes. okay that might explain I mean it. I don't I don't want to be overly negative but the skins still showed us with uh, the the missed uh, was it the missed Field goal. Well, they missed a field goal. Yeah, uh-huh. so they still showed us a little, a little bit to yeah. be worried about, but it was a well, dominant it, performance. It was the first time the offense actually, you know, came to play. Yeah, 
And I want to ask you this, and since you were there, Dimitri, amongst the, the, the Raider faithful, when Swearinger put that hit on Marshawn, oh. what what was the reaction? Oh, what, was, what did they say? What was the reaction no, on their end? No, no, it was it was definitely a face palm, you know, head in the hands, kind of. Oh, I've never you know. seen Marshawn Lynch get hit like that. Yeah, ever. Yeah. You know what it remind me of? Remember when Steve Atwater hit Christian Okoye? Yeah, it was. I haven't seen anything I like that do. since, and that was reminiscent of that because. No one hit Christian Okoye like that. And did you see the play? Do you know where he came from on that he play? He was about, I think, I saw the Cooley breakdown. He was, okay, from where Lynch was and where he was, good. it was about 22 good. yards. 15, 20 yards, yeah. He was 15 yards off the line of scrimmage. Okay, and so from, 20, where, about 20. from where Lynch was, he's lined up maybe two yards behind the line of scrimmage. So, you know, well, five or whatever. Yeah. Whatever Cooley's. I'm going to use Cooley's math, right. so don't blame me if the numbers are wrong. But he came from a long he laid way. It down. And you know what? It's not just him. I'm noticing this from this entire defense. And I take my hats off to Manuski and um, Tom Sula. Because this team, this defensive unit seems like they know, they're jumping routes. They got it, they got the offense scheme well. Like they know what's going on and what's gonna happen. They got plays diagnosed. Last year, when Barry was here, them dudes looked like they didn't know what the hell was going on. So here's what we found out this yesterday, that Swearinger, they're having defensive meetings where every position player, so they know exactly what other positions are doing. Good. And he said he did that, what was it, Arizona? Or somebody, whoever was the captain there. He goes, I wasn't a captain there, but we did it. But now we're doing it. I I think it's great. Yeah. And look, they are playing. They are playing. They are taking on the attitude of, their coaches and yeah. Swearinger and guys like that. Manuski's a f- guy. I mean, when he played, he was nuts. Yeah. Tom Sewell is a thing. mad man. I mean, you look at him on the sidelines, he's he nuts. He is a mad man. And these guys, and I think the one th- the, um, the thing I thought was interesting is that they noted that Carr is so good at pre snap reads yeah. that these guys, they, disguise, they know that. They disguise yeah. coverage. And then that's why in that, that first. Interception in the second play of the game. And you he thought he had same. man-to-man coverage. But they were very good at disguising that and then switching out of that after the snap. And they got to do more of the same this week. Because if, if Carr is that good at that, then Alex Smith is mm-hmm. a genius at doing that because yeah. he has the experience and he, well, he, he can, can move, diagnose. He can he, use his legs, too. Yeah, he, he, can, got, he can move the pocket. Hunt, I mean, and these guys, players are saying this week that Hunt is, you know, for a rookie, is one of the best he, they've seen. He's for real. Yeah. He's for real. I, I saw him or looked at at, at him coming out of college at Toledo and just putting on his little highlights, I was impressed immediately by his footwork. He's deceptively fast, mm-hmm. and he can catch out of the backfield. Then you've got D-Jax 2.0 in Tyreek Hill. That yeah. yeah. Nobody. No, Dion in his prime would have a hard time staying in front of this dude. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to scheme. He's going to have. We're going to have to have help over the top of Norman or whoever. And then they, they line him up all over the field. Yeah. So it's going to be another. We had we dealt with that with Raiders having all these different weapons. Now we're dealing with the same thing here, except you throwing a dominant tight end in Travis yeah, Kelsey, Kelsey yeah. who's a, a touchdown machine, and he's he's there. Jordan Reed and players were noting how fast this Chiefs team is. Very fast. Like Norman was like, it's going to be a track meet. I think the Anthony Thomas is out, but that's another one. If he plays, that's another little Swiss Army knife playmaker out of Oregon that you can throw in the backfield and can also line up in the slot. Mm-hmm. So they've there's a you know what the the key to me is limit the big plays. Yeah, because Kansas City most of their offense this season 
has been predicated on big chunk plays, long touchdowns from Hunt, Hill, Kelsey. Keep them in front of you. And the, yeah, I mean, and it's it's a and keep them off the field. It's a cliche, but you know the fast start and you know that crowd is nuts. Like you yeah. don't don't let that you yeah. know take the ball first, go five six minutes, even to get a field goal. I mean, yeah, it's like outside of you know, Seattle, that's one of the hardest places to play. I've never been. Have you been there? No. I Mitra, just, you been there? No, never been. It's, it's, the, it's the loudest, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, like that, Seattle can brag. But yeah. yeah, they've got they go to the two loudest places this year. They go yeah, to Seattle. They too. go to Seattle yeah. too. I think um, somebody said that Arrowhead's one of the, the older stadiums, so it's like they're on top of you. Mm-hmm. You know, which like I love. A, almost like a college stadium. That. Like mm. they're right on top of the field, so it's almost suffocating. You know, with all that noise. But they've got to do the same the same game plan almost that they had last week. They've got to control time of possession. Do not turn the ball over. Yeah. Play smart and play good defense. I think it's going to be a defensive, you know, matchup. I mean, you are facing the number. They're what? Kansas City is the number one rushing offense. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I looked up earlier. So Zach Brown, those guys had to be disciplined. Can we talk about Matt Ioannidis for? Listen, a second? we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> he hurt. He's hurt. He is. Right, yeah. I just hurt oh, yeah, a little bit, man. but but he's he's is he, he's just banged what up. What I say is the shoulder. I think it's the shoulder, but he's. I think he's. It's he's going to be okay. I'll say this. This is what I heard. Gabe Jackson, who he went up against, yeah, the, the guard for the Raiders, has only allowed four pressures all season long up until that point. Ioannidis had five pressures on him in that one game. He has improved tremendously. Right. I mean, you think about where he was one year ago, and it was he was, very he shaky. was off the team. Yeah, yeah. He got was, cut last year. Yeah. He didn't make the fifty-three uh, practice squad guy. The practice squad. Then they brought him back, which I, I thought they brought him back before uh, they they even played Lanier, which I thought was weird because I thought Lanier had more upside. But now you know I'm being proven wrong. He looks like one of those McLuhan picks, and he looks like one of those. Late mid round. He's improved gyms. a ton this offseason. He t- tremendously. Yeah. I don't know what he's done. I hope he's not on that Trent Murphy uh, <laughs> sort of a way of improving. <laughs> so I got to put an asterisk by what he's doing. I don't. I'm not sure if Trent has a position if he comes back. Uh, next year. It's going to be interesting. I don't know. Allen's played well. Like I said, I'm very impressed with Monte Nicholson. I he, think he and uh, you. You're not going to. You, you know what? People, whoever thought that you were going to miss a beat with Cravens, rest at ease. Because Mon- Monte Nicholson is is fitting right in that role. And, and you know what? That is why they didn't freak out when yeah. Cravens left. I don't think. I, I mean, some people did. I wasn't one of those people. No, I meant. Yeah, but I know. I know some people inside did. the building. Yeah, because yeah. they know. Yeah. They they know what he can do. And Jay was quick to say it was about adding something. He goes, no, we got Monte. We got a yeah. And I did. I did the other week. I brought up Vaccaro, but that's you know for conversation's sake. You know, just to because that's an option. But yeah, Monte is definitely. And I, I'm where to see you know Fabian Moreau is going to step Moreau, up at some point. He's kind of he's going to yeah. come around. A lot of these, and I, and I like the fact that some of these young pups are getting. Playing time. They're working Anderson in there. I'm waiting for that breakout, and it might happen this week. Junior Galette is going to have a, a breakout game. He's getting there. He's, he's close. getting so close. He's close. He's getting so but close. But I think he's already helped this. Yeah. He has. I, yeah, he definitely. Has. But we got to be ready for a loss this weekend, right? I'm I mean, not. No. You're not? I'm not. I'm not. Well, I'm, you don't want to ever be ready for a loss. But no, no. I'm, listen, I don't want to go in thinking that way. Listen, I understand. I'm here, not here, saying, here's you know. my thing with this week. If you had said, like we mentioned, if you had said this team hits the bye at 2-2 two and two after looking at 
the offseason yeah. and the way things are happening and the schedule with these two tough road games. And staring 0-4 in the face. Anybody would have t- – I mean, look, a few weeks ago, was is Gruden going to be fired at the bye? Right. Who's going to play quarterback? So if you if you have a chance to go 2-2 two and two at the bye, anybody would have taken it. Yeah. Now, the way they played last week, the confidence is there inside and outside the building. You That's fine. You lose right now. But, huh? You got nothing to lose. No, the only thing I don't want – and listen – it's a very tough place to play. I don't think anybody, you know, the Chiefs are the one of the unbeaten teams, back to back road, whatever. But you just beat unbeaten teams. No, like I know, I know. You got but the I'm confidence saying, there too. My thing is, and don't get me wrong, as a as a competitor as I am with everything, mm. you never want to be okay with a loss. But don't go in there and lose thirty-one to three. Then that undoes last week. Yeah. If you're competitive and you lose a tough game on the road in Kansas City yeah. on Monday night, I still think the confidence is there. I, I, still, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout because I don't think that this team is really smitting themselves like that. They're not, they're not really buying into the hype. Matter of fact, every time I see something on Twitter, they're going with, okay, y'all don't respect us still. Right. Because they showed, I'm not, I think it was swearing to somebody, one of them tweeted out the picture of Oh, it's great. He's uh, done football, it both two uh, weeks in a row. Yeah, of the game day crew. NFL Network. NFL Network. Everybody picked, the Raiders. Everybody picked, the, everybody picked the Raiders. Everybody picked yeah. the Raiders. And he said, y'all disrespected us two weeks in a row. Right. But listen, that's, if that's how they want to – that's what that's they fine. need. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. That, that's fine with me if, if, if they want to – I'd rather them take that mindset than be front runners yeah. and, and, you know, drink their own Kool-Aid. Correct. That's great. But this week, you know, th- right now the scenario to me is, is win-win. Because, like you say, if you come in, you, you lose. Okay, you're two and two heading into the bye week. You got San Fran at home coming out of that. Right. So at one point in time, you're sitting here looking at possibly zero and four after week one. Like I said, right. And everybody's like, "Is Jay going to be fired?" And we, right. you know, the bye. Now, right. if you win, you're three and one going into the bye week, and you got San Fran coming out of the bye week, which may turn into a trap game, but still, three and one off a of bye. San Fran at home, I'll take that. Listen, you can't lose to San Francisco. You can't. Well, you can't can't lose to Kyle Shanahan. All right, that's the see, second the second young man. Or we Pierre had yeah, to but see that that's gonna, set right. That's that he's going to let everything hang out, oh, and so yeah. is so is Pierre. Oh yeah, and I you can't sleep on them based on what they did against the Rams. I mean, no. I didn't see them coming up with forty seven points and then having such a shootout with the Rams. Right. So I don't know where that came from. But they will have them – Kyle will have them on that level right. when they come here for sure. And I bet you Papa Shanahan will probably be in FedEx somewhere. Somewhere where Dan can't see him, but he'll, I, he'll be around. I, oh, man. He'll be around. You think? You know, he, he might. He, he seems to be that type of but guy. But you know what, though? He's got that, like – He seems to be that dude. He's got that, like, I don't give it, you know, attitude. He might be on the sidelines. Yeah. So Big Chi just walked in. We're, hey, we're wrapping up a little. We're wrapping up a little uh, KC talk. No matter what, the Skins have won. They took care of business weeks two and three, and so now a tough place to play. If they win, that's awesome. If not, we we shouldn't cry too much. You're two and two going into yeah. the bye. I think that the Raiders were not really in that game mentally, really from Jump Street. I think uh, basically all the protesting surrounding the game in in all different stadiums that week. I think weighed on them probably more so than the Redskins. The, the Raiders looked really flat, and I don't expect that out of Kansas City whatsoever. Nine straight games of a 50-yard-plus touchdowns. They have the yep. big playability with Kareem Hunt and Tyree Kill. I don't know if there is enough speed on this defense no. to stop a guy like Tyree Kill if he gets out in space. He is Deshaun Jackson, this, basically. He's 2.0. There's not enough speed for anybody in this league. Yes. i tell you what, though. The Redskins got the Chiefs' attention last week. 
if they didn't have it before. No yeah. doubt. Oh, they're, they're yeah. You know what? They're actually and Andy Reid's. They're probably I mean, thanking Reed, them, huh? They're probably thanking them. Yeah, because that's the division opponent that we took out for them. Yeah, it's someone that that they're going to battle in that division together. They're mm-hmm. going to, you know, they're going to rough each other up for the entire every time they meet each other. So they're probably like, oh, thanks. But now <laughs> we got to whoop you. But <laughs> did we talk about if Jordan Reed's playing? Does, did does he told uh, specifically told us yesterday? I was standing right in front of his face. He said he's playing. Yeah, right. that, that is huge. I mean, Kansas City's good against a tight end, but, I mean, that just opens up a whole another dynamic in this offense because, he hey. could have been lying. I hope to think nobody lies to me. But, <laughs> but would I be wrong to say they, they certainly didn't need Jordan Reed last week against the Raiders? Well, see, that's why having a veteran like Vernon Davis yeah. is yeah. so crucial and comes mm-hmm. into play because you can not have your star and then have a veteran like that who used to be a Pro Bowl player and a star in this league who can still play and move step like up. a Pro Bowl. Exactly. Remember you and I were watching; he, he's able to make these guys miss with the tackle yeah. still. And yeah, I'm like, in the open field, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, you know who he is. He's Shannon Sharp in with the with the Ravens later on in his Baltimore, career. Yeah, I'll he's, give you that. he's Shannon Sharp to me where he is now because he can still play. But I mean, that's always a, a great thing to have. But if he's going to be back, is Kelly Kelly supposed to be back too? Right? Kelly said Kelly he's playing. Ryan, yep. That's cool. Right. I mean, they're full, going, they're full going to have arsenal. to run the ball. Well, they're going to have to run the ball. They're going to have to use all hands on deck because that defense is no joke. But the one place that I think they can be had, when I see them play, they look like they're still missing Don Terry Poe in the middle with that, that big frame, a big body making a push and stop and a run. There may be a little vulnerable right there. So you, if you can get Kelly and P. Ryan and Mac Brown or whoever to run up between the tackles, that will make a huge difference mm-hmm. also because you have to control the clock because KC, like you said, they have their big playability. They can score at the drop of a dime. They can score at any time. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you have to be able to kind of just wear down the defense, almost like Dallas did last year. Didn't throw the ball downfield a whole lot, but they wore you down through long drives, and that was also their defense because they kept other people off the field. Mm-hmm. By the way, are the Giants going to be 0-4? Who they got? Tampa. I think they'll beat Tampa. You think? Mm. In, Tam- in Tampa. Well, you know what? Tampa yeah. might have two of their better, Levante David and uh, one of their other linebackers might be out. And that's huge because they're a big part of that defense. But, you know, Giants fans are already saying that game is irrelevant and the season's down the toilet. Well, they're, they're oh, already they're done. They're, they're they're, they just, they were yeah. done last week. So Thursday night football, certainly the Bears don't have much to be proud of. There was a dominating Green Bay performance. But I want to talk about what happened before the game. Just before the game, you had players, coaches locking arms on both sides. And they were even trying to get the Green Bay fans to get into it. But from what I read, that didn't really take. Uh, Where are we with the national anthem protest now compared to where we were when it was just Colin Kaepernick taking a knee last year? The stance that owners and the NFL took last week has nothing to do with the reason that Colin Kaepernick, Malcolm Jenkins, Michael Bennett, and others were protesting before. So two different things. I want to say that because now we're starting to we're starting to muddle up the narrative. Those are two different things. That was because of uh, police brutality and injustice towards people of you know, black, brown, whatever. That's what that what that was about. And they still didn't address that head on. Now, President Trump has thrown in the flag issue and disrespecting the flag. What you saw last week was not because of the owner standing up for injustice. 
That was the owner standing up for the NFL. That was a protest against Trump's words because when you, we all know when it, with the NFL, say what you want, but as soon as you attack that shield, there's a problem. You never saw any of those wealthy owners bring their hands down on the field any other time, but once they attack that shield, their brand, how they make their money, now you've got the attention. Well, Even the ones like Dan Snyder and Jerry Jones and, and others who gave Trump money. Kraft donated to his campaign. Kraft, yeah, who's right. a very good friend of him. Yeah. People are meshing those two issues together. Totally different protests. Same gesture. Totally different protests. But but those players, those players that were either sitting or kneeling, they're still thinking about Kaepernick's original some goal. Some are right? and some are not. For instance, Ray Lewis was down there. Ray Lewis said on many occasions that he would never take a knee. He took two, but now he said he was praying. I'm not going to get into that because <laughs> And you see the reaction about this this petition and stuff for a yeah, statue? And that's, well, I think that's going too far. Yeah, I mean... I think it's going too far. But, but you're right. He did say that. He, he said what he said, uh-huh. and but he was down there. So, no, it's not everybody was down there for Kaepernick because Ray Lewis certainly was not. He was down there in defense of the NFL, in defense of that shield. That's why the owners were down there. The owners were not down there locked and unified for why Cap why Kaepernick and Malcolm Jenkins and those guys and Michael Bennett were were sitting out the flag, they weren't down there for that. They what got their attention is a direct attack against the NFL. That's what that unifying was about. It was not about injustice. It was about a direct attack at the shield. Well, I just wanted to throw in one other wrinkle here, which is the news this week that the Russians continue to interfere, not just in the 2016 election, but they have bots that get on Twitter and they put out hashtags like take a knee or, or stand up. It's very insidious. That, well, that you, when you have someone who likes to stir the pot and he's very divisive, they can take advantage of that because what he did was made it even more divisive with what he said against the NFL for folks that want to burn their merchandise, they don't want to support the team, they want to burn their season tickets. You bought it. If you don't want to support the team any further for, you know, whatever reasons that you have that you don't agree with, that's your business. But before you burn that jersey, coat, blanket, donate it to Purple Heart. Donate it to the Salvation Army. Take it to a homeless shelter. Matter of fact, get in your car, drive until you see the first homeless person you see, get out, say here, and go on about your damn business. Now, if you don't want your season tickets anymore, instead of burning them, which is just like burning the same bills you use to buy them, donate them to a school. Go to a rec center. Give a child a chance that has not, maybe has not experienced an NFL game before. Donate it and let somebody else do that. If you don't want to support the team, that is well in your right to do and that is your business. But when you start burning things up, you are more selfish than the rich athletes that you think are being selfish by taking a knee. You guys think the ongoing ratings fluctuations have anything to do with this? Or is it just, you know, some people are interested, some people are busy, they're not watching the NFL? I've I've yet to see anything that takes into account Red Zone's share. Uh, I think people are tuning into Red Zone these days. Yeah, that's a so big thing. no one's sitting in front of a television now watching just watching CBS yeah. or just watching Fox because there's commercials. There's, you know, d- down periods in the game where it's slow. Yeah. Whereas Red Zone, you're literally seeing every single scoring play. And in this, yeah. that's what people like to watch. So I, I would have to look at that before I... I attributed anything.
anything like I agree, that. I, I agree with I that. I, what, I think that's a bigger chunk out of it because yeah. I know people people were had stopped watching. African Americans said they were stop, going to stop watching because of Kaepernick not being hired. And now you have people that say they're going to stop watching because of what they did last week. But I agree with Chris that a bigger chunk of that is pe- I myself am not sitting in front watching a team that's not my own. Mm-hmm. When I've got fantasy teams that I can be looking at red zone, yep. and you know I'm I'm more per- I'm enjoying that more than watching the, you know the Ravens and the Bengals. I don't I'm not really that interested in that. <laughs> I tell you, last week so there was a night game Sunday night, so I actually could sit at home and watch, not you know at the at the field or you know at the stadium during. You, the you don't mean last week you were covering the Raiders game, right? But I'm saying during the day. Oh, got it. I watched because I never have the time to do that because I'm usually at the game. Right. I the I enjoyed it so much being able to just watch Red Zone. I did, and yeah. usually I'm usually the guy that watched the game that was on CBS or Fox just because it was yeah. you know. But I I enjoyed it, so I can see how that's. So and I'm and I'm one of the ones that don't get I don't get to do it every week. So yeah. for and me, that's, it's, and that's a big part to do with fantasy football is huge. Mm-hmm. And well, I'm always if if you have fan, if you play fantasy football, Red Zone is your best friend. Because that way you can keep track of every all your players. They got every score in play. If anybody on your team scores, you know about it. You don't have to watch the ticker on the bottom you know, of the screen. And even if the, with the Redskins are on, during commercials, during halftime, I'm turning the red zone. Right. And then when I feel like it's been enough time, I'm turning back to the Redskins. But even during Redskins games, I'm watching red zone still. But then if you're sitting behind that big desk in New York at the NFL office, you got to think we're eating our own. Right. Maybe it has not, very little to do with the sideline protests and taking a knee. It's, uh, you know, the how big fantasy football is. You don't have anybody sitting down and watching I mean, a game the, start to finish except me. Right. The protest <laughs> Because I don't take part in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that the protest except does me. not play into it because I'm pretty sure it does. But not I think the bigger chunk would be red zone would be the, you know, the bigger chunk. That would be the, the biggest, you know, reason why right now, because I think if you. Just look at people who are not watching and are just, you know, doing it for the protest because they don't agree. They want to boycott the NFL. Those numbers are very much smaller. They almost pale in comparison probably to the people that are watching, you know, Red Zone instead. But still, it's not I don't think it's eating their own because it's NFL Network. It's still they're still eating. It's still sure. making money. But I'm just saying if you, you know, if you want big ratings for uh, a number of games, the one o'clock games, the four twenty fives. It's you know it's going to go down if everybody's constantly yeah but I don't I don't switching know they, channels I don't know if they really care maybe not maybe that it's much. all just not not now I don't think it's took a dip to the point that they're really I mean they're not going to they're not going to sacrifice red zone yeah that's a big ticket item for them so I really don't think they they don't care too much about it until it takes a bigger dip but I don't think it's going to get to that point i really i'm not i don't think so football it's i don't think these ratings are really going anywhere as long as fantasy football still exists i just think too many everybody has a you know rooting interest in every single game now and i think more so than anything i i you know this is a time maybe that yeah the ratings dipped once and maybe it might happen again here but i don't think the nfl's in any sort of trouble they dipped last year too i just yeah and then we said it was because of the presidential election and the debates and whatnot so you know there's probably all fantasy football but then you have people who you know who are who are have that doomsday mentality that football will go the way of boxing there's no way in the world i don't think it'll go the way of boxing but i I remember when boxing was huge right Boxing was king. Boxing was up there with the NFL and the NBA. And at 
probably bigger than Major League Baseball at one but point you, in time. You know, it's interesting. Uh, tennis is that way, too. Tennis hasn't gone down in popularity because of violence. But no, for, remember when tennis was, well, you, you know, you, the thing? Yeah, I because always hear had, that. But you had more stars. Right. You know, right. you had, when I was young, you had, and George, we were the same age. So you had... Jimmy you Connors. Throw that in there. You can say when you were young. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you were young too. <laughs> Once you, you had you had Jimmy Connors and John McEnroe and guys later playing at the same time. Then you had Agassi and Sampras and playing at the same time. You know you had Chris you're making, Everett, you're making Chris Everett and, and Navratilova. You know you had that. Now it was like Serena and everybody else. So it's it is not that you know it's not that compelling anymore. All right, we're not we're not going to settle the uh, ratings issue here, but we do want to say go Nats and we want to say go Skins this weekend. The DMV Sports Roundtable. Find it on iTunes, the Podcast One app, PodcastOne.com, and WTOP.com. Search podcast for Jamal and Chris and George. And Mike McMurtz, I'm Dimitri. We'll catch you next time on the DMV Sports Roundtable. Follow us on Twitter at DMV Sports Round 1.